Then we see in the next verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمٌ And recall when Ibrahim السلام, said, that رَبِّ جَعَلْ هَذَا بَلَدًا آمِنًا That, oh my Lord, make this city safe. Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make Makkah, the Kaaba, safe? Because of the dua of Ibrahim السلام, Make this place a safe and secure city. And then he made dua that وَرْزُقْ أَهْلَهُ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ And provide its inhabitants with fruit. Give them the provision that they need. Give them rizq. وَرْزُقْ is from رَزَيْقَافِ And الثَّمَرَاتِ is a plural of thamara. What is a thamara? Fruit, produce. It's not just apples and oranges, it's even other things that grow. So he's making dua for two things. Firstly, Security, and secondly, provision, food. Because remember, Makkah was in the middle of nowhere. Nowhere. I mean, for miles and miles, you wouldn't find any population. You wouldn't find any people. So it was in the middle of nowhere. So he wanted that the place should be safe. Secondly, nothing grew there. So how would people survive? So he made dua for their provision also. In Surah Ibrahim, verse 37, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the dua of Ibrahim alayhi salam, that رَبَّنَا إِنِّي أَسْكَنْتُ مِنْ ذُرِّيَّةِ بِوَادٍ غَيْرِ ذِي زَرْعٍ عِنْدَ بَيْتِكَ الْمُحَرَّمِ That, oh my Lord, I have made my children live in a place that doesn't grow anything. But I've made them live over here because of your house. So, you provide them. And here also we learn, وَرْزُقْ أَهْلَهُ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ But then he puts a condition. He says, provide only man amana minhum billahi wal yawmil akhir. Only give to those who believe in Allah and the last day. Meaning, if they don't believe, Allah don't give them. Only if they believe, then give them. Then give them good things in life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, qala, he said, وَمَنْ kafara." But the one who disbelieves, فَأُمَتِّعُهُ قَلِيلًا I will give him Something to enjoy for a little while. Meaning, yes, he will also get good things in life. But then, Then I will compel him to the punishment of the fire. Meaning in the hereafter, this person will have severe punishment. And what a terrible destination it is. So what do we see here? Ibrahim salam is asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for what? What is he making dua for? Security? And provision. I mean, if you think about it, aren't these like worldly things, dunya things? Aren't they? We think that, you know, if we're making dua, if we're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for something, we should only ask for, oh Allah, give me Jannah. I don't want anything in this world. I don't like this world. I mean, I do, but I don't really like it. You know, I'm not supposed to like it. Ibrahim salam is asking for worldly things. He's asking for thamarat. He's asking for aman. And what this means is, that we can and we should ask Allah for good things in life. We can and we should. Why? Why should we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for good things in life? Like for example, if you were to say, Oh Allah, I want to have a lot of money. For example. Or I really want the best education. I want to be able to travel the world. I really want a good family. I want a good spouse. Why? What's the benefit? 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made this world for who? For us to use, for us to enjoy. So if we're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for good things, we want to be able to use them to worship Him better. Right? Like for example, if you ask for money, you know, I want to be a millionaire. Like really, I want to make good money. A lot of money. For example. And you make dua for it. And then you use that money, not just to show off. I mean, you should not show off actually. But you use that money to help different people, to help different causes, to live a good life in which you're able to travel, learn, contribute, see the world, give in charity, also go for umrah like every year. I mean, that's amazing. Isn't it? That's amazing. So ask Allah for good things in life and ask that they should be a means for you to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala better. Then we see here in this verse that when Ibrahim prayed for good things, he set a condition. He said, only give to those children of mine who believe in you. And those who don't believe, don't give them. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? That even those who disbelieve will get something. So what we learn here is that good things in life, they're for who? For all people. Good things in this world are not limited to righteous people only. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to everybody. In a hadith we learn the Prophet ﷺ said that none is more patient than Allah against the hurtful and annoying words that He hears from people. They ascribe children to Him, still He bestows upon them health and provision. Think about it. If someone curses you, if someone says something that's very hurtful, would you give them an Eid gift? I mean, seriously. I mean, if you do, that's very generous of you, very forgiving of you. But typically what happens? If somebody hurts us, we don't even want to honor them with a smile. Isn't it? We don't even want to look at them. There are people who reject Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to give them again and again and again. People say the most outrageous things about Allah, the most false things, the most wrong things. But do they die right away, those people? Do they suffocate to death? No. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to give them. So remember that the blessings of this world, they're for all people. But the blessings of the hereafter are only for the righteous. Only for those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with. The things of this world, Allah gives to everybody. But guidance, the reward in the hereafter, is for those who prove themselves worthy. And then we also see over here that even though the things of this world, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to all people, the reality of the things of this world is that their benefit is qalil. You see the word qalil? فَأُمَتِّعُهُ قَلِيلًا Very little. For a little time. A little enjoyment. The things of this world, no matter how much money you spend, no matter how much emotions you invest in them, no matter how much value they have in front of your eyes, isn't it still little? Because for you it's treasure. But for another person it's garbage. Has it ever happened? That for example, your jacket, I mean you love it. You love it. And your mom calls it a garbage bag. For example... Because it's black, it's shiny, it's ugly, it's ripping. And she's like, get rid of that thing. 
You're like, mom, you don't know how cool this is. Right? You think it's cool, but for her, it's similar to a garbage bag. You use it, you enjoy it for a year, for two years, for three years. You even save it, you know, because it's got a fancy logo on it. So you're like, you know what, I'll save it. Even though it's old, I'll save it. But then what happens? After a few years, you're like, come on, get rid of it. It's gone. فَأُمَتِّعُهُ قَلِيلًا The enjoyment of this world, no matter how much it is, it is little. The next verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذْ يَرْفَعُ إِبْرَاهِيمُ الْقَوَاعِدِ And recall when Ibrahim السلام, was raising the qawaid. يَرْفَعُ رَفَعَيْنِ رَفَعَ is to raise, to lift up. And al-qawaid is a plural of qa'ida. The word qa'ida, it's from the root letters, qaf, ain, dal. You see, qa'ida is actually the foundation of something. Okay, that's the meaning of the word. Have you heard of the Nurani Qaida? Yeah? What is the Nurani Qaida? The book with the Arabic alphabet and those small words that you have to read in order to read the Quran. So it's like a stepping stone. This is what a Qaida is. It's a foundation of something. So Ibrahim salam was yarfa'u, he was raising the foundations min al-bayt of the house. What does it mean? He was building the Kaaba on the original foundations. Remember that the Kaaba was built first by who? It is said that the angels. Right? Then Adam salam. Then Nuh salam. Remember the flood that happened? After that also it was built, reconstructed. It was reconstructed many times because it's an ancient house. It's the first house. It's the first building. Alright? That was made for the worship of Allah. So it was reconstructed many times. So Ibrahim also had to reconstruct the Kaaba. And where did he reconstruct it? At a new location? No, on the original location. So on the original foundations, he built the Kaaba, he put the bricks, he made the walls. Where Ismail and also Ismail his son, was building the Kaaba with him. And what were they saying at that time? رَبَّنَا تَقَبَّلْ مِنَّا O oh, our Lord, accept from us. Taqabbal is from qaf balam. Qabul, acceptance. So they're building the Kaaba, and what are they saying? O oh, our Lord, accept this work from us. إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ Indeed, you alone are the hearing, the knowing. You have heard our prayers, and you know our condition and our efforts. Look at them. They're doing something so important, so noble. They are building the Kaaba. And what are they saying? Oh Allah, accept this work from us. They're doing this important work with humility and love and fear. Usually what happens is that when we do something big, something important, we keep thinking about the hard work that we put in. And we keep thinking about the sacrifice that we had to make. Like for example, the month of Ramadan, Alhamdulillah, we were able to fast, or we were able to pray, we were able to go through the month of Ramadan. Now, many times what happens is that people start talking about what? Oh my God, I don't know how I survived. Like seriously. I don't know how I didn't die out of like dehydration. And it was just so difficult. And you know, it was summer. And you know, we had the longest days of the year in Ramadan. And the nights were so short. I mean, you didn't know when to sleep and when to eat and when to wake up and when to do anything. Some people, 
they only remember the hardship or the sacrifice. What is Ibrahim remembering? What is he talking about? He's like, Ya Rab, accept this from us. And this is how we should look at our work. The work that you've put in, you've put in. That's history now. It's gone. The hardship that you endured, you've endured. It's gone. It's history now. The sacrifices you made, they're done. It's history now. Now think about the future. Think that if my work is not accepted, then what's the worth of all of my effort? It's nothing. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not accept it and reward me for it, then all my effort is useless. So look at his dua. رَبَّنَا تَقَبَّلْ مِنَّا This is what we should be concerned about when we're doing something hard. That, oh my Rabb, accept this from me. Reward me for this. I don't want my efforts going waste. So instead of refreshing the hardships, focus on the future. That, Ya Rabb, accept this from me. رَبَّنَا Our Lord They say, Our Lord وَجَعَلْنَا مُسْلِمَيْنِ لَكَ they make more dua. That, oh Allah, make us muslimain ilak. Muslimain is the dual of Muslim. Who is Muslim? One who submits to Allah. Weren't they already Muslim? I mean, if you think about it, Ibrahim a.s., Ismail a.s., weren't they already Muslim? They were Muslim. So why are they saying that, oh Allah, make us Muslims? Make us better Muslims. Make us people who are more in submission to you. Yes, we have done what we have done so far, but we want to do more also in the future. We want to grow. Sometimes what happens is that we rely on the good we did long time ago. Like for example, a person thinks, I memorized the Qur'an. I memorized 20 juz. But then that was done. What about now? What are you doing now? How are you growing now? Ibrahim is building the Kaaba. Can you imagine? If one of us built the Kaaba, what would we think? I've got the ticket to Jannah, I can chill for the rest of my life. Because I built the Kaaba. What is Ibrahim saying? Yes, we've built the Kaaba, but oh Allah, we want to do more. Make us Muslim to you. Make us those who submit to you. Those who are obedient to you. And not just us, but also our children. وَمِن ذُرِّيَّتِنَا أُمَّةً مُسْلِمَةً And our children... Make them an ummah muslimah to you. A nation that surrenders to you. A nation that is obedient to you. So he's making dua for himself and also his children. وَأَرِنَا مَنَاسِكَنَا Another dua he makes. That, oh Allah, show us our manasik. Manasik is a plural of mansak. Mansak from noon seen kaf, ritual, an act of worship. Meaning, teach us how we should worship you. The Kaaba is there. The place is built. Now what are we supposed to do? Teach us that. They're asking for knowledge. وَتُبْ alayna, And turn in mercy on us. Meaning forgive us for our shortcomings. إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ التَّوَّابُ rahim. Indeed you are the accepting of repentance, the most merciful. What is Ibrahim praying for? More obedience. He's asking for knowledge. He's asking for forgiveness. And as he's making dua for himself, he's also making dua for his future generations. A very important point for those of you who are mothers or parents. Many times, 
you have issues with your children where they're not listening to you or they're not you know doing what you want them to do for children also remember sometimes your parents you know you're on difficult terms with them they're not agreeing with you they're not giving you what you need you're not clicking so what is the most powerful thing that you have it is dua look at how much dua ibrahim alayhisalam is making for his future generations and we need to do this also make dua for your parents make dua for your children the last verse we see ibrahim alayhisalam says rabbana our lord wab'ath fihim rasulan send in them a messenger ibath is from the root letters ba'in ba'atha to send to appoint so send in them and them refers to his future generations send among them a messenger min whom from them who would teach them meaning yes now these people are going to live here but then what how are they going to learn how are they going to worship allah subhanahu wa ta'ala how are they going to know what is right what is wrong so he made dua that oh allah the people who live here my children who live here the generations that come in the future send a messenger amongst them and that messenger he will yatlu alayhim ayatik he will recite to them your verses secondly yu'allimuhumul kitab he will teach them the book wal hikma and wisdom and then wa yuzakkihim he will also purify them ibrahim alayhi salam made this dua that oh allah send a messenger in the future generations did that messenger come who was that messenger who was he muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and that is what the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that i am the answer to the dua of my father ibrahim and this is what the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam did firstly he recited to the people the verses of the quran he taught them the scripture he taught them the book and he also taught them hikmah and he purified them what is hikmah hikmah ha kaf mim is to you see the definition in arabic wad'u shay fi mahallihi it is to put something in its proper place this is wisdom to put something where in its proper place you know for example when you go to the library you pull a book out you're like no i i don't like this i'm not interested where should you put it just shove it back in the shelf wherever you can find room if you do that you're messing up the order right so what is the proper place it has a proper place if you don't know what that proper place is you put it in the bottom rack so this is hikma to put something where it belongs where it is supposed to be this is wisdom wisdom is ibn al-qayyim said you see the definition ibn al-qayyim said that it is to do what is appropriate in the way that is appropriate and in the time that is appropriate now we learn the quran what we're supposed to do but then how much are we supposed to do when are we supposed to do it in what manner who taught us that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so al hikma is what it is the sunnah make note of this wisdom is what it is the sunnah the way of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so on the one hand the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught the quran but then he also taught people how to practice the quran he didn't just give rules there are five rules there are 10 10 rules there's 20 rules no he told them how to live those rules and he did it in a very beautiful way like for example you all know the story of 
the man who came into the masjid and then he decided to use the bathroom. So he just went off to the side and used the bathroom in the masjid. Can you imagine? So what happened? People ran to stop him. Okay? And the Prophet ﷺ said, leave him. Let him finish. And then later, when the guy was done, the Prophet ﷺ asked that, uh, you know, that place should be washed. And the Prophet ﷺ told that man that, look, masjid is built for the worship of Allah, not for these things. So the man was so happy. He was so happy with the Prophet ﷺ that, you know, he made dua like, oh Allah, have mercy on me and the Prophet and not on anybody else. Right? Things like that. So, you see how the Prophet ﷺ taught him? In such a beautiful way. If he started yelling at him while the man is using the bathroom, what would happen? It could cause issues, you know. If he started walking or running away, I mean more najasa would fall everywhere, right? The man would be so upset, he would never come back to the masjid again. Remember we were talking about making the masjid a safe place? So this is how it's supposed to be safe. That even if somebody is doing something wrong, doing something haram, be gentle with them. So if your friend is doing something wrong, don't be judgmental. Oh my God, what did you just say? Oh my God, what are you doing? That's haram. That big word, that's haram, haram, haram. Be gentle, be wise. The Prophet ﷺ, he used wisdom to teach people. And then, yuzakihim, he purified them. You see, tazkiyah, last point, tazkiyah includes two things. Purification includes two things. Firstly, tazkiyah means that you get rid of the dirt, you get rid of the filth. Like for example, if you want to clean your room, what's the first thing you have to do? Throw away the garbage. And the second step is that you beautify it, you make it look nice. So if you don't vacuum, or if you don't broom the floor, and you just mop it, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? It's going to get sticky and more gross. Tazkiyah is that first step, you get rid of the bad stuff, and then you beautify it. And this is what the Prophet ﷺ did. He purified the people. They left their bad habits, and they became completely different. So the Prophet ﷺ was the answer to the dua of Ibrahim ﷺ. After 2,000 years, 2,000 years after Ibrahim ﷺ, the Prophet ﷺ was said, what do we want? I make dua today, and the dua should be answered tonight. Not tomorrow. Tomorrow is too late. Tonight. Ibrahim ﷺ's dua is answered 2,000 years later. Because Allah knows when to give what. So trust Him. We'll listen to the recitation of these verses. وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ رَبِّ جَعَلْ هَذَا بَلَدًا آمِنًا وَارْزُقْ أَهْلَهُ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ مَنْ آمَنَ مِنْهُمْ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ قَالَ وَمَنْ كَفَرَ فَأُمَتِّعُهُ قَلِيلًا ثُمَّ أَضْطَرُّهُ إِلَى عَذَابِ وَبِئْسَ الْمَصِيرُ وَإِذْ يَرْفَعُ إِبْرَاهِيمُ الْقَوَاعِدَ مِنَ الْبَيْتِ وَإِسْمَاعِيلُ رَبَّنَا تَقَبَّلْ مِنَّا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ 